welcome to the Content Collective Podcast with Kim and Takara. The workshop-style podcast is giving you actionable tips to help you create content that connects and organically converts. Now, Takara is a content marketing strategist who comes from ad agency life, working with brands such as Nike, Microsoft, and T-Mobile. She's used content marketing to grow her and her husband's brand into a six-figure business. Kim is a real estate professional and a biz strategist that has used content marketing to amplify her message in her community. She's passionate about community revitalization and has used her platform to develop programs for small businesses that puts thousands of dollars back into underserved communities each month. So if you're searching for tools to help you amplify your brand message and grow your influence, this is a place to be. Grab something to take notes and get ready because we're about to dive in. All right, welcome everybody back to another episode of the Content Collective Podcast with myself, Takara Martin, and my childhood and biz bestie, Kimberly Kanaz. What's up, Kim? Hey, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm super excited um, that we are going to be embarking on this journey for the next three episodes. We're going to be starting a series about identifying and then learning how to speak to your ideal customer. Some people call it your customer avatar. Whatever that is, one of the biggest things that we hear um, and a lot of the groups that we're involved in is people are like, I don't know how to create content. But also, I can't create content because I don't know who I'm speaking to. Who's my ideal customer? And so Kim and I have this amazing idea to sit down and just actually create literally a workshop style podcast. So much so it's going to be three episodes that's helping us identify and speak to our ideal avatar. Yes. So really get those those notebooks out or tablets, iPads, whatever is your means of taking down copious notes because we're about to fill you with some content knowledge. Um, Now, I want to give a preface, you know, as we talk about how to identify and speak to your ideal customer, aka avatar, please keep in mind, just like you are not for everybody, Mm -hmm. neither is your product or service. Um, you cannot begin with the whole thinking of, I want to reach everybody. And trust me, I've been there. When I started my first business, which was a hair extension business, I thought, this is for everyone. No, Mm-mm. nope. My mom used to have a saying and she set me down. Well, it wasn't a saying. It was a, like a pep talk. Right. <laughs> and she set me down and she said, you know what, Kim, you just need to realize you're not for everyone. And your mouth might drop like what kind of mama did you have (laughs) a good one (laughs) I really I had a wonderful mom that was very real and it was a dose of realness that was needed and I think please give yourself that dose of realness as you are embarking on this journey of being a business owner that if you have a product or a service that you can't please everybody it's just unrealistic So that's what we're going to help you do. We're going to help you narrow down really who you should be speaking to, who you want to speak to. Absolutely, man. And I'm see, I'm starting to say absolutely all the time now too. So I'm like, like my take my word, girl. I know, (laughs) but it's super important. But you make so much more of an impact. And you make, honestly, brass tacks more money as a business owner when you can zero in on exactly who it is that you're speaking to. Um, And then that way, it's like if you try to, like, basically throw a rock, it's not going to hit the ocean. It's going to hit a 
pool of people that you need to reach and that ripple effect is going to expand. So it's going to be better for you if you know exactly, um, you know, what you're doing and who you're going to be speaking to. All righty. Absolutely. So we'll get started with number like two reasons why um, you need to identify your target audience ASAP. And the very first one is, I mean, in, in a word, it's research, but it's, you know, learning to um, identify their likes, dislikes, and their habits. Um, look at me, I'm talking with my hands too. Um, like learning their likes, dislikes, and habits because what you want to be able to do is speak to them as a person and not as a customer that you want to click buy and understanding what they like, what they don't like. It helps you tell better stories to connect with those people. Absolutely. Remember, yes, you are in a business to sell your service or product, but people do not want to be sold. Yeah. So please keep that in mind. So you definitely have to take the time to actually research and learn about your clients, your customers. Um, number two, you never want to try to market products or services that they don't need. Yeah. First off, that's a waste of time. <laughs> um, you really want to make sure that you're resonating with people and, you know, creating or providing something that is a need in their life. Um, why would you want to spend time or money wasting on putting out a product or a service that no one really wants? Yeah. And, and it's easy for us to do, right? Like we have this great idea. And because our friend group says like, oh my gosh, you should start this business. You should do that. You should create this product. And I think we marry the idea of that product um, instead of prototyping it, instead of talking to people, instead of reaching out to people. And, um, I, you know, we get, we get married to our own personal idea and our own personal thoughts about what our market needs as opposed to taking a step back and saying, okay, while I do want to help people, let me connect with people first and make sure that I'm providing them with something that they actually have a need for. Um, you know, people, um, I tell people this about my husband and I, you know, we wrote our first book um, after almost a year of just sitting back and answering questions and talking to people. Yes, we have an expertise in an area, but we did not jump out the gate and say, oh my gosh, like, what is it that, you know, what was it that we think the world needs and let's give the world what we think they need? Nope. Everything came from the questions that we got and then saying, we keep getting this question. They must need a solution. Let's create a solution. And I was opposite. I'm going to get, I was like a spaz <laughs> when I started my hair business. I just, I didn't take the time to do what Takara did. I went, I found my hair vendor and I ordered all this long hair. Cause as you can see, I like my hair long uh -huh. and I figured, well, everyone wants their hair long. Well, my client tell was not into 24 inch weaves. And I kept getting requests and like people would come and do the hair. They're like, oh no, this is too long. But I had spent all my money on this inventory of all this long hair. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I ended up wearing my supplies. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Well, it looks good. Um, but I think that's a perfect example. See, I didn't even know that. So thank you for sharing. Um, yes. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what's the benefit of identifying our ideal client? Absolutely. Well, one of them, like I just said, you don't waste your money. 
There you go. It's very important. But also you want to make sure that you're not diluting your message, your brand message. In essence, especially if you are trying to become a brand, you want your message to be very clear. And again, to have a clear message, it's not going to be for everyone. If you're trying to speak to everybody, it's going to be too confusing. Um, Also, in doing identifying your target market, it's going to save you time. I don't know about you out there, but I'm a mama. I have two small children. I'm juggling multiple things with my business, doing community activism. So I don't have a lot of time on my hands. And so by identifying your target, I'm sorry, your your ideal customer, you are basically narrowing down again, who to speak to. And it saves you time because you're not wasting time trying to speak to everybody and a mama. Oh, so good. So good. So as, as we're jumping into this, again, you really want to start writing this down, y'all. This is, you don't want to miss this. Um, the very first thing I was going to, um, what we're going to dive into is really three questions. At the heart of it, it's super simple. They're simple questions, but there are three questions that you should be asking yourself as you begin to develop your ideal avatar, or your ideal customer. Um, so the very first thing Um, Really simple question, but again, something that we don't think about um, once we've already started our business is where were you when you realized that you needed you or your product or service, or if it wasn't you that you were helping, what was going on with the people around you that made you realize that there was a need for what you were offering? And I think it's, it's really important to think about these because you want to know what made your product or service such an obvious solution. As you think about this type of thing, it's going to help you frame the type of person you should be speaking to because that's who you're creating the solution for. That's who you're creating your product for is the you or those people around you that said, oh my God, this is what they need. And so we're like talking, getting super granular here, right? So where were you um, um, living? How old were you? What type of job did you have? Was it a white collar or blue collar? What was your relationship status? Were you married? Were you dating? Were you single? Me, um, you know, for my husband and myself, our first client, our first avatar was someone who was coming out of a breakup or a divorce. So we knew that. We knew that's who we were speaking to. Um, and then, you know, write the stuff out and be as descriptive as possible. And the reason why this question is super important is because it's going to help you get clear on the type of problem that you are solving for your customer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's going to help you speak clearly to the heart of your customer. I love how you said that. Like, where were you? Just to use myself as an example, again, when I started my hair business, I was young and I was dyeing my hair like crazy. Um, It had all broken off. (laughs) And so that's what kind of led me to hair extensions and that need for protecting my own hair, doing, getting in protective styling. So that's how I began to resonate. I met other women that you know were suffering from not the same exact conditions, but women that had alopecia mm-hmm. um, that were you know unfortunately due to you know medications and things that they were on had thinning and hair loss. And that's how I was able to really connect and build this client base based off my own personal. And so it's really important that you think about, again, what brought you to wanting to offer that product or service because people then be able to relate with you, which is really cool when you're able to showcase these experiences. It's not being so salesy. You know, as I mentioned before, people don't want to be sold. Yeah. So people 
want to buy into an experience. And that's what you're providing when you kind of give that background of what made you want to sell or provide that service. Man. Yeah. That, and that's totally true. Super true. Um, you know, they, they want to feel connected they want you know, they can go out, chances are they can buy your same product or service to anyone, um, you know, out there, but what's going to make them choose you. And that's understanding that you come from the same type of struggles or the background or have the same kind of story that they do that makes them say, Hey, because you have that story, I feel like you can help me too. Absolutely. You get me girl. (laughs) (laughs) So that brings us to number two. What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? Are you a Pinterest addict? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like me. Are you like into DIY? Are you one of those really, I admire these people that like find these antiques or like yard sale furniture and then they totally refinish them. Um, Are you one of those people that are up at like 3 a.m. scrolling through social media, looking at all the various like influencers or whatever the case may be, just think about what do you enjoy doing in your spare time? What, you know, what moves you? What makes you happy? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, um, before you jump into why this is super important, Kim, I think it's important that people realize that, again, we're asking these questions for a reason. This is just part one. This is all going to make sense um, when we get down to brass tacks in episode two. So as you're doing this, you know, writing these things down, this is like workshop style. So when you're done, you're going to walk away and you're going to write all of this stuff down um, because this is going to help you then formulate who your ideal avatar is. And I'm saying who because we're going to treat them as a person not as a potential customer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, as you talk about why is this important, I know we're not making you just do things for the heck of it. Yeah. <laughs> there is actually a, a rhyme to the reason. Is that the, the right thing? <laughs> yes. But anyways, yes. So this is important because ultimately your ideal avatar or customer is at some point you in your journey. Just as I gave my personal experience, Takara has her personal experience, which motivated her to go in this wonderful, highly successful relationship business with her husband. At some point, we were us in our journey. So you are going to either be working alongside someone like you (laughs) or helping them get to where you are at this point in your life. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Thank you. So I know, um, you know, we we talk about um, research and the importance of researching who your customer is. And while that is extremely important, you have to think of yourself um, both as a consumer, which is your ideal customer, and as a content marketer, um, which is going to be you as a business owner. You have to think about them separately. So how you spend your spare time, how you engage with content as a consumer becomes part of your brand and your relatability. But then how you are going to convert your customer is going to be reverse engineering everything that makes you engage. That's what a business owner does. You're taking the things that make you tick from a content perspective and you're reverse engineering that and say, now, how can I make this work for my business? How can I make this work for someone that I want to begin to attract to my brand and my services and my offering? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's gaining inspiration. And that's important. That's important. We all need that. Um, You want to, going from the flip side, that it makes it important that you do that because ultimately you're going to be that mentor for other people. Yeah. When it comes to, you know, if I, I relate again to 
hair. I've done other things, but I'll just keep going back to hair and selling hair. But again, you become that kind of subject matter expert, that mentor um, for your ideal customer that they kind of now just, they don't want to just buy your product. They're kind of buying into your brand. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. they want to connect you. It makes it real for them. It it puts together a background of you and why you do what you do to make them feel comfortable with, hey, I want to buy from them instead of them. Yeah, I mean, you just said it. Like, I mean, when you start thinking about you yourself as a consumer, we don't think about ourselves that way. Um, no matter, no matter how much stuff I click purchase on online to buy dresses and shoes and all this stuff, I still don't think of myself as a consumer. It's hard to take that hat off and not just think about the business and what's going to make the business grow. But I promise you, if you take a step back and think about yourself as a consumer, you're going to see your own um, customers, your own avatars completely differently because again you're now going to be learning how to speak to you and so that brings us to number three which is you know as as crazy as this sounds let's take a step back now and think about what platforms do you consume content on the most and this becomes very important as it pertains to as a business you know your content distribution but as a person Um, as a consumer, it's like, what do I do the most that keeps my attention? Um, Marketing and getting people to convert from being just a spectator to an actual, um, you know, conversion into somebody that's actually going to buy your product is all based on attention. So we want you to look at um, the, the content that you're consuming content and then look at the people. Pick at least three to five people um, that you're following. What are they doing when they put out new content? What makes you love what they do? What makes you engage with them? You know, what mentality does it put you in when you're actually observing that content? And again, write down three to five people and look at um, exactly what it is that's pulling you in. And I know I flip-flopped that, Kim, so I'm very sorry. <laughs> No, <laughs> I completely like just kept on talking. So I'm very sorry about that. But no, just uh, to yeah, go ahead. On what you're saying, that's important because and we're not saying this, you know, for you to choose three of your, you know, I perfectly love IG profiles or Facebook personalities or anything yes. of that nature. You know, they say, uh, I'm sorry, mimicking is the best form of flattery or imitation is the best form of flattery, I should say. So, but we're not telling you to just surely mimic what, someone else in your industry is doing that's not what we're advocating basically what we are saying is that you can learn you can learn from what they're doing you can draw again inspiration from what they are doing um the cool thing about being able to pull this um, information one it's free (laughs) but you're able to do that market research where you're able to see just without following likes what they don't like what's you know what's more engaging it again helps you do that market research to really say okay well who is it that I need to speak to? You're seeing what a cool thing and what I learned in doing the hair extensions, I also was able to see what void was missing, mm. what was not being filled. And it's not to say that the other personalities or businesses out there are not doing amazing at what they're doing, but hey, we all have this kind of niche. We all have our gifts. We all have our separate talents. So you might be able to fill a void that is not being void, but being filled in that arena. Yeah. And I think it's important that you look at people. You don't have to look at people who are in exactly the same industry as you. Um, Look for people that are closely related to you. So let's just say 
you know, you do um, event design and you're all about creating events um, and making them magical, um, then let's look at somebody who's popular, um, you know, as a wedding photographer. What are they doing? Um, you know, what kind of content are they posting? What makes you engage? You know, what, what are the comments that people are leaving there? What kind of questions are they asking? To Kim's point earlier, you know, if, if you're looking to find out what their pain points are, look at what the type of questions are that people are asking. What can you do to kind of fill a spot, fill a void, um, and things like that for people? Absolutely. And then look at people's call to actions. And again, I love what you said because it doesn't have to necessarily be your business. Um, I wear many hats. One of them is mortgage. I do mortgages. And I actually draw a lot of inspiration off like fashion. <laughs> That's a little weird. But like I see different like Instagram ads that people are promoting and see their call to actions. And I think, okay, that's something I can actually use in my industry. I, of course, have to engineer it a little differently, but I draw inspiration from it. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm exactly the same way. So, and I think you have to always be, and it's hard because there's a balance, you know, a lot of us can get stuck into the black hole of social media, the black hole of Instagram, you know, things like that. Yeah, I do. Um, it, <laughs> but it's, so you have to balance your time out with how much or how often you're consuming. But I think um, one thing that will help is that you literally schedule time, set aside time to look at different profiles of people that you admire, look at their YouTube content, look at, you know, again, what kind of interaction and engagement that they're getting from their audience and set that time aside so you're telling your mind, I'm focused on researching my customer right now. I am not here to find out what's the latest that just happened with Lizzo or whatever. Um, did I say that right? Is that a, that's, it's Lizzo, right? Like It is. Yes, my son loves her. <laughs> I, I just, I was like, is it Rizzo or Lizzo? Um, and so, um, but like, you know, don't go through just looking for entertainment. Look for, you know, you're going to do research and program your mind to say that. Like I have a thing where I will either go on my patio or I'll go in my living room with no TV, no distractions. And I'm just doing stuff just in that vein, just so I could like legitimately put together a plan um, and do research and take notes. And I think it's important for you to do that too. I agree. I love the setting a time frame. You have to be very intentional. You are a business owner, especially if you're a work from home business, business owner like me and Takara are, it gets hard to not get distracted. <laughs> so I love that, that tip of actually setting time aside um, it's okay to be on social media, but be intentional with it. You're not on there, like she said, just to kind of see what's going on in other people's lives. It is an actual uh, process in your business of being intentional and doing market research. Absolutely. And so listen, those are just three questions. But if you realize every single question had an assignment attached to it, um, you're going through and at each step, you're really documenting and dialoguing with yourself. Hopefully you're writing this stuff down though. Um, use, you know, computer, you can use a Word document. Um, at the bottom of the link in our description, we're going to have a PDF that you could actually go and download um, this PDF to help you um, really ideally um, follow these questions and follow these, you know, to the point so you don't have to keep listening to us and pause. Kim um, is going to put that um, together for us. Yay. Thanks, Kim. Um, so you can have that. And then what you'll do is 
come to episode two next week, where then we're going to show you how this all looks when it's all put together and how important it is to have these details, like the age that you were, you know, where did you live and what do you do for fun? All that's going to make sense in the next episode. So do us a favor, go ahead, leave us a review here, um, and then go get to work on answering these key questions to help you identify your customer avatar. Absolutely. And we will be back next week with you. All righty, guys. See you later. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Content Collective Podcast. How would you like to receive a free 30-minute content strategy call with us? Every month, we select a lucky winner. And all you have to do to win is screenshot this episode and share it in your IG stories. Be sure to tag thecontentcollective.io. If you're on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a review as well, because we can't grow without you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.